0: The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Trevor Flynn. And I'm Jack Newman, and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. This week, we're back to the podcast. We are officially... Halfway through all of the
1: Chase Bond movies. This, I I just feel like this is an achievement on my part. I'm proud Uh, of myself.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're gonna be, like, I feel like by the end of this we'll be, like, official Bond people, like, somebody will come up and give us a martini and we'll be like, God, this is a disgusting drink. Like, I can
1: name all the original producers and shit, like, I'm right. yeah. gonna be talking about broccoli and they're gonna be like, are you talking about a vegetable? Like, what what, what are you saying right now? Like, yeah. No, it's, I,
0: no, it's, you get with the times, mate, you gotta be, like, a James Bond fan to understand, yeah. uh, <laughs> Sorry. Just like, I'm what's just i love about, like, we're, we're movie funny about Of the the we started like we, doing
1: this. There's been like all these, you know, like Lifetime Magazine, like special Bond edition covers because Bond is in limbo forever, the 25th one. I just yeah. keep seeing all this stuff everywhere, and I'm just like, ah, I'm hip. I yeah. know what's but, up. I'm. I know where the franchise is at. I don't know. It's just I, I, weird.
0: I've kind of been into the fact that they keep delaying it because at the beginning of this, it was like a rush to finish all of James Bond before the new one comes out. And now it's like, oh, <laughs> we're definitely going to finish this before like we get a James Bond, a new James Bond movie. So, yeah, I'm comfortable saying this is the halfway f- point and not a view to a kill. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, yeah, this week we're going to be doing Octopussy. Uh, as you can tell, uh, it's just me and Trevor on this one. Uh, I, people will enjoy that we're at the halfway point and people are very proud of it but i could also tell there was a massive amount of antipathy for i'm just gonna say at the dog days of roger moore here uh yeah also (laughs) the film
1: called octopussy like i just i'm gonna need to take a drink or something every time i say the word octopussy
0: because octopussy they
1: say it so many times right it's it's just like every time it gets worse
0: they're really proud of it too. They're like so proud of it that it's they not even titled a pun the film. That's the or title a joke. of the film. That's yeah. how proud they were of it. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. This it's is like, the
1: only film that's titled after the Bond girl like double entendre. This is this is a standout. This and like Spectre are the only ones that are like a thing in the film, really. It's just like one word.
0: They're real proud of it yeah uh, yeah yeah no it's 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 there uh james bond is assigned to solve the murder of agent 009 which i love that, that there's 009 just i know the just keep referring
1: to him as 009 I, like. I
0: do i do like the opening of this where it's like what i do like the fact this this movie's this is the first time i realized like oh he's not just like 007 there's like there's like actually other 00s i, I like i knew it intrinsically but as a kid i was watching this for the first time we're going to talk about this this is one of the earliest bonds i saw as a kid and it's also one that like deeply scared me because I I I fucking ate clowns (laughs) yeah it's awful yeah the clowns yeah. yeah, so James Bond is assigned to solve the murder of Agent 009 killed in East Germany, clutching a fake Faberge egg. Also MacGuffin times. Uh, I'm so MacGuffin glad you movie. said it
1: first because I was just yeah. like, "Our MacGuffin has a Faberge egg." I just feel like I need to mention that that is yeah.
0: an essential part of the that that the has like a mcguffin inside the MacGuffin. It's like mm-hmm. a mcguffin like Russian dolls, literally. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The trail leads to India, where an enigmatic woman operating a smuggling ring under the cover of a traveling circus. However, her real motives proved to be far more sinister and bond uncovers a plot to blow up a u.s air force base in west germany uh yeah also like the like we talk about it like the actual like plot of this one and like the like the actual scheme here is like really out there
1: incomprehensible if not totally demented like i still understand how disarmament leads to like open borders to like what i thought was a ground invasion like i i I, it's not like all their military is gone, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, if, 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 uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's uh, this movie is is okay. It's it's important to always put Octopussy in the context that this is the movie that went up against Never Say Never Again. So this movie actually has like quite a bit to prove overall. Yeah, uh, apparently they were think-
1: starting to screen test other actors even on this one, and Moore was interested in retiring. And part of the reason they like had to have him was just like, oh, you gotta beat Connery at the box office kind of thing. You know, like this is not a time to to like change the brand recognition up of the mainline Eon Bond. So right
0: because then you'd have an unknown untested bond going up against sean connery which was i'm pretty sure their freaking nightmare yeah. uh, i bet you like the like the budget bump in this is like they gave the con i bet i bet you more like walked away with a paycheck away from this I, like i have no evidence to support that but like i i just absolutely fucking bet that that happened uh but it's also interesting too because this actually kicked never say never again's ass at the box office which cost was
1: less and made more right yeah
0: yeah, it, 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 never say never again. And, uh, and it, this is all relative by today's standards, by movie pricing today, like this is these are such small numbers by like, you know, cause everything costs $200 million a day and Octopussy costs 27.5 million and uh, never say never again costs 36 million. So it was only 10 million more, but by with inflation and it being like in a billing 1983, like that was, these were big numbers. Like it was cost so much more. And this one made 187 million and never say never again made 160. So it's like clearly like, I mean, I, I don't necessarily know that never say never again is like completely fucking, uh, you know, um, chump change. I mean, it didn't have change. a well, bigger, Sean, it's not Sean Connery's fault, but like, Oh yeah, definitely. It's just like, it's just like a, in my mind, Octopussy while it is like an incredibly weak bond film is better than never say never
1: again. Hmm. <laughs> I definitely Be- enjoyed it less than never say never. Now that I think about, it. I had not thought to actually compare the two in my mind until now, but I, I, I don't know. It's not like you could ask me what you would rather watch more and I would have a better, like, a a good answer for you between these two, but I have seen never get never say never more times so there's nostalgia goggles playing well, into that too, and, and that's maybe. not
0: necessarily fair because the, it had syndication on tv because like it was like this thing it's not attached yeah. to the primary bond franchise and so yeah. it's this one thing in their library so they're like here have it take it put it on tv and that's right. why we all saw it so many times as kids because like it you know it's mgm and stuff so you know it, it is I, I do think it got taken back into the franchise. So a lot of the stuff has been re-put back together under Spectre. So, you know, it's not quantum or anything like that anymore. But, like, it is just very interesting to see kind of the differences between these two movies. And also, like, classic and, – and, and this one – I do think this is the thing, too. I do think there is, a again, another shift here – which is I think the difference is that in the previous Roger Moore films, I do think that, you know, we have like this classic, like the, like the heyday of Roger Moore is like, and I'm sorry, I still think Moonraker is like the heyday. People are like, Moonraker was the problem. I was like, it's the Moonraker climax. made like the most fucking money. Like what the fuck is wrong with you it's guys? It's the swan like, song. It's the pinnacle. Like, it is like, the, I'm sorry. Like Moonraker is the pinnacle of the cheese because that's what I like about Roger Moore is all the goddamn cheese. And that's why I love that fucking movie. And it comes back here.
1: and it is, it doesn't fix the problem. No. And it's uh, it's really kind of at odds with i maybe with the the actual i don't know it's just it, it's like they steered hard back into the cheese man like i have a whole list here I'm ready to, to read like i just i there's so many things I just tell me give me d-
0: d- give me give me a, give me a taste don't okay. go through all of them but give me a taste
1: uh, well i mean there's the tarzan yell
0: that uh, happens that yep.
1: happens uh bond pretends to be a corpse and laughs maniacally to scare off some guards that are just like oh no a corpse came to life <laughs> um he pretends to be an alligator i don't know i could go either way on that one uh he gets in a monkey suit and then just when you think that Bond getting in a monkey suit is just like the silliest thing ever. He puts on full clown makeup and gets in a clown suit. (laughs) And it's just like trying to convince people that he's trying to disarm a bomb while he's a clown and no one can take him seriously, which is just like a nightmare scenario. It is just so odd. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Supposedly, Broccoli was like against that, even as they were doing rewrites. He never was like... Uh, yeah, I think this is a good idea. Bond and clown makeup. I mean, I don't know. As much, like, ambiguity as I have for Bond, if you want it, like, the worst thing you could ever do to him is <laughs> just, like, what they do to him in this movie.
0: <laughs> and somehow he survives it. But
1: it's just, like, I Yeah. I
0: don't know. It definitely doesn't feel like James Bond is kind of a problem for me at times. Like yeah. I like the circus is kind of a problem. Also circuses in general are just sort of fucking creepy dude. Yeah. I don't know. I've,
1: he, when he tells Q like yeah I have to go to the circus. I'm just like alright I guess I
0: guess we gotta do a circus <laughs> for this. <circus. laughs> so it it's is like yeah, it's the circus Bond and, and in some sort of ways it's just like kind of weird right like it's yeah. just kinda, it's yeah, like, there's like there's a lot of like just this kind of like you know kind of vaguely uncomfortable circus stuff going on you're just like what
1: (laughs) that's part of it and just also the like uber mensch like masculine shit that is bond doesn't really work in a circus context like right even like before you put him in clown makeup like the whole point of a circus is like everything's topsy-turvy and you don't know what's what and it's really like potentially subversive and you just i don't know I, i don't think James Bond is never going to walk into that and like be able to take him seriously, much less the lengths that they go to it. It's yeah. Uh, it, but it's also weird how much it works at times and how influential it was. I mean, I remember us talking, um, I don't know if it was you or Ben that brought up the white dinner jacket earlier and how Mm -hmm. like temple of doom comes out a year later. Right. Yeah. Uh, And, Spielberg puts Indiana Jones or whoever puts Indiana Jones in a white dinner jacket. It's like making kind of their bond movie. It's also set in India. They also have a dinner scene where there's like something with eyeballs. That's gross and weird and like vaguely insulting. they mean, culture short. That's part of it. But like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's weird how successful those parts are in terms of like the fact that they were that influential to to the Spielberg I guess and like I don't know the white dinner jacket's hot man I don't know all that shit plays so it's just
0: a real weird juxtaposition for sure yeah i i i, I always find this one to be interesting because it's a uh it's trying to discover kind of a little bit that there's like a problem at the heart of James Bond by this point in the movies. And a view to a kill is going to be where things transition. And like, it's not bro- like this is the broccoli generation, but there's actually one Roger Moore in the Broccoli in like the next generation of like when they get another a secondary producer on, that's going to be very involved in production. And a view to a kill is the first one. And then obviously the living daylights is like the next one or like when you get into like, what is it? It's not, it's not the license to kill and living daylights or the, the two that come after this one that are kind of, yeah. yeah, that are kind of known for that part of the generation. One of the things that I think is fascinating about this is that you like, just from a monetary perspective, the Spy Who Loved Me did 185 million, and then you spike at Moonraker at 210 million. So it was a fucking master. It was a fucking hit. And then, and all of these are like not doing bad, by the way. But then the next one, uh, for your eyes only which is the bond has, and we're talking about the $10 million difference, meaning that Octopussy, you know, crushed never say never again. It's just $10 million difference between the two films for four year eyes only is had a $15 million drop from Moonraker. And then Octopussy is at $187 million, which has another $7 million drop from For Your Eyes Only. And then A View to a Kill it is, is at $152 million, which is, from Moonraker, a $50 million drop. So each of these movies is dropping $10 million as a time as Roger Moore like progresses on here out to the end of A View to a Kill. A View to a Kill being the one that's like... Yeah. And then they have the living daylights, which did one hundred ninety one million, which, you know, I'm not necessarily so sure that
1: the fresh, like fresh face on the franchise. Yeah. Really might. Well,
0: it's also like we all went in to see the new Bond, too. I do think there's like when a yeah. you know, new Bond comes up, I do, gonna do think. Do, yeah. Is
1: he going to. Yeah.
0: And you got to realize that that's 1987, right? Like that's, that's practically modernity right there. So it's like people are talking about the new bond bond has been going forever. You got two primary bonds. There's a brand new bond. It's a big fucking deal. And then you're going to get, and then same, same thing with Goldeneye. I do think that like, there's just going to be successful spikes in the genre based upon the new bond that comes in uh and i think that's that's you know for obvious reasons but i do think also like typically the first in a new genre is typically a better bond movie because they just put more into establishing that person as bond i just think they put more thought into it versus i definitely feel like octopussy is like the one a view to a kill and octopussy don't feel (laughs) Monitor, <laughs> do you know what i mean like like it seems like yeah. co- it seems like almost like the content creator for bond is like just trying to throw shit at the wall like we feel like we pressed the the envelope to the end here and we're just trying to make a roger moore movie and we're like circus eyes you know and we're yeah. not camp. And like camp like people like the camp he, and living daylights didn't
1: do better so yeah, and like what if he's swung on vines throw a tarzan yell at there that'll be fun i don't know that that is that is what I that is a sense I got from this one. It's like, oh somebody thought this would be cool. <laughs> like, um Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Even the even the sidekick, uh, I had to look up his name, Vijay. VJ, Vijay. Yeah. He's a tennis player that the, the director just kinda knew and was like, you'd be good in a movie. And that's why he
0: attacked I, somebody I, with I, a tennis bracket <laughs> at some point. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually think that like VJ's great. I don't know why he's like like I know it's I know it's like orientalism and or like not orientalism but like oh, he's it is fine. like
1: fine. I mean he was probably he he was probably just excited to be in a movie. I don't know if the if the indian stereotypes here are particularly offensive to VJ. I mean he is a no he seems like a capable he's a capable off.
0: person. He gets killed. Like yeah. he's a he's a person of color in a Bond movie that, that's a that's a good guy that gets killed. Yeah, he fits uh,
1: that mold certainly in yeah. terms of writing.
0: So and, uh, but but like you know he's definitely capable and like you know and it's it's not like i don't know it's, it's like he has it's levels fun. of offense yeah. here you know
1: yeah i mean there are plenty of indian stereotypes in this movie i don't know how harmful they are personally i don't know if they're as harmful as the ones in temple of doom that's not a
0: discussion temple of, I doom, is to worse. Have. Yeah. Temple of doom is like worse and that's just the spielberg effect you know yeah i don't know spielberg- up, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I do love the tennis racket, too. I do love how mm-hmm. fucking that random that shit is, you know. Do you do, like do when love-
1: he plays the Bond theme on the flute while he's pretending to charm a snake? That, do, do you like that? I want to know because I, 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 do. I don't know. I don't know. Give what I thought. Of that. I was just like, really? I I just, just like that was my reaction. I don't yeah. I don't know if it's bad or good. I just just like, OK, all right. This is where we are. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, uh, it's not the fourth, the first time a Bond movie has broken the fourth wall by any means, but I think it might be the first time it's broken it with music specifically, which is just a different flavor. I don't
0: know yeah and he's like yeah i like that tune i mm-hmm. i just think i just think the whole vj sequence in the in the car i think the, the other thing too the the where this movie succeeds and i think really triumphs over never say never again if there's a place that you can say it just absolutely beats the crap out of it, is the stunts are just here you know yeah. you just got an organized good stunt team and they know how to put together a fun chase sequence and the one through the streets of like of fucking of like india is just amazing and it's, it's pretty just good. a great sequence and then like when he throws the money he's like come, easy come easy go oh boy Like, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's also just so colonial. (laughs) Like, that's the other thing. I do think it's because it's India and James Bond is just this symbol of like colonialism, England. It's just for, for whatever reason, this one more so in terms of like its exoticizing of places, it's just like feels so much more painful, you know? It's just, oh, yeah, that's all there for sure. Um, Yeah. It's, that's the one where I'm just like, I was like, oh, me.
1: (laughs) I don't, I don't feel like I thought about it as much just because. My like it, it, Temple of Doom was so much on my mind that I was kind of like you, where I was like, well, Temple of Doom's worse. I don't know. <laughs> it's like,
0: yeah, that, well, that's not necessarily a defense
1: at the I same know it's time. Not. It's like,
0: Temple of Dude is real goddamn bad, dude. What's funny <laughs> is
1: that on top of all the Indian stereotypes, they also throw German stereotypes in there when he gets in the car with these two German people that are like trying to shove sausage and beer down his throat. Like their lives depend upon it. And I was just like, I don't know. Uh, I don't so know if anybody that's German was offended by was that. Apparently saying, it played I, actually really well at the German box office. I happened to notice. So like, I, yeah. I don't know. Equal opportunity stereotypes, I guess
0: It's just kind well, of well. It's, it's also like, you know, probably at that point in 1983, German people were just happy to not get the Nazi stereotype. Yeah. In the the movie. I to be entirely honest probably, with you, yeah. like having, having like an unoffense, like, you know, uh, just like a sort of like weird, normal people, like German stereotype was like, great. Yeah. We love sausage. Fuck it. You know, we're not Nazis for once. Hell, fuck. <laughs> it's like those are things we like because I
1: mean, who doesn't like beer and sausage? But anyway,
0: I <laughs> um, need sausage.
1: I need a car sausage. Come on. I definitely agree with you that the action scenes in general just seem better constructed, have more kind of a vision to them, and less kind of like slapdash. Is never say never for sure. Um, I still think. I wasn't particularly entertained by them, especially compared to the last Moore movie I saw, um, which I don't know how much better a movie it was, really. Uh, um, the, what was uh, the oh, The was one for, I can, uh, For Your for Eyes, Eyes Only. Only. I can never yeah. remember the name of that one. I can't I, remember I, the I, just, either. I famously
0: matter. don't like For Your Eyes Only because it's the quote-unquote the serious Roger Moore film, and I'm always like, this just doesn't fucking work, and somebody needed to say it uncle while they were filming this is the thing yeah I get that like and I didn't really even I, like you guys actually kind of liked it more than I did I didn't come out on that time but like I famously just hate the scene where he pushes the car off the cliff because I was like that's what's wrong with this movie right yeah. like this is just not the soul of what this franchise has become at this point and this right, is just, but I think this, this one's just steers at odds. so much into the other direction that I I enjoy know oh, yeah, yeah, this grinds yeah and
1: I enjoy I, I enjoy the camp that is what I want from it we are on the same page with Moonraker but on the other hand they don't know it just feels like a massive course correction maybe or like i I, I, I think i don't know i
0: think the issue here is that they made the spy who loved me and i think that they at that point were just trying to cash in on star wars and made they took the camp out here felt bad about the camp that came out because they got heavily criticized for moonraker that's like a Mm -hmm. fact and i get that at the time like if you were a fucking critic at the time you're like this is what's wrong with son of ma Mm -hmm. and that's like that's my i I, I understand so funny and it's like, like our
1: Fa- my favorite so far
0: <laughs> and, and, well I think it's I think it's I think that's a testament to like these kind of movies and too is like popular cinema it's like a lot of times like I, I in a couple of years I bet you like some of the worst Avengers movies are gonna be like people's fucking favorites mm-hmm. and especially they're gonna be now. like Thor Ragnarok yeah. takes itself too seriously especially now that, like, like a partially good filmmaker so oh, it's like I, yeah.
1: dude especially now that everybody after being tired of like so many Marvel movies is like god
0: I'd kill for a Marvel movie it's been a oh, year yeah, I I, I, I fucking been a since I, I've seen a Marvel movie. I, I, I'm so fucking excited to see fucking Black Widow. Like fuck up. Like I mean, I, I eat all the shit. Uh, first off. I, I just i love you man i'm a comic book fan so i've never been fucking like i've never been you, like, tired of it sorry i said everyone but you yeah, know like i, I mean like y- you know yeah, you know, like, superhero I, fatigue and all that you know like it makes me sad when i hear that because i'm like i'm not and i'm just like is, yeah. is there something wrong with you no, I'm no just, you're I a just, critic too like I, yeah you just yeah yeah everybody's got their own internalized opinion and the fact that like i just i don't know i've always been down with like comic book continuity like you know i enjoy it i, enjoy, I like the more crazy a universe is it's like and it's one of those one of those things it's like the justice league or dc universe not in the movies but in the actual comic book is just as fucking broken but they just like they since like you know creatively after the, the crisis events started leaning into how fucking broken the universe is it's just so much it's like so much uh better because they're like yep yeah, there's just multiverses and there's multiple like fucking dark twins and all this shit and you know yeah,
1: have you yeah. heard this shit about sorry this is leaning into the tangent but have you heard this shit about them incorporating back the like sony space? split spider verse to like have jamie lee fox come back and reprise electro or something like i fuck. what is happening with that shit
0: i don't think that's a thing that's happening i think that would be really really weird because that fucking movie killed that franchise so like i don't think they, they're talking like, and about like,
1: bringing him back as electro they haven't said it's the same electro but I I'm just like, what are we? Is well, are we there is really a question. Like, multiversing it, yeah. You know? th-
0: th- there is a question. There are there are a lot of. First off, I think that's fan theory. I haven't seen any sources that make me like. I might buy have heard a rumor. I, yeah. I haven't substantiated this. It's just something I've heard. Anyway, yeah. I, it's not it's not that as bad. What I do think is a distinct possibility with the Eternals and the next block is that like they're like, let's make some weird shit, and they're gonna take it like full they're going to take it like full multiverse that's going to allow them to then do more movies in the quote unquote Marvel universe and kind of keep it even looser than it has been up to this point. Uh, and I think that they're just accepting the fact that eventually like they're going to fuck everything up. So, they might as well just like make the make it necessary to like make give themselves the room to allow them to back up from their fuck ups if they're going to do that which is you know that why comic books are successful because they do do that they back up all the time from massive cri- they, oh, yeah. there's crisis infinite crisis because you know crisis fucked everything up so they had to go and do another crisis to unfuck things and they fucked it up more but then you know that's that's generally how it works sorry this is becoming a comic book podcast uh yeah uh i really needed peter on for this no I'm just kidding Um, uh, yeah I think I think the other uh, have you seen the James Bond comic books by the way (laughs) no yeah it's uh, there's a lot of stuff actually that's that's kind of funny that i uh i i uh some of it's like actually like there's some like really good like uh there's some really good like uh um ian fleming stuff that's like actually like i don't know he's like really handsome he doesn't look like any particular bond on the cover and i i, I want to show it to you sometimes because i kind of want to do like a special on it sometimes because i do like those and i own them uh anyways yeah back to octopus sorry about that yeah uh yeah I, I i think this movie ultimately suffers from like Kind of, I think that this is the thing. I think they are struggling to, to, course correct here and I think that the problem is I feel like every movie after Moonraker is course correction and it's just a prob- problematic and
1: it's still like divided in its heart about what it wants to be like you said John Glenn's sensibility for what he wants to do with Bond is at odds with what Roger Moore is really made for too right and that's
0: yeah that's exactly right like he he wants to do deeper movies he like and he's going to get that and license and uh, and that but like A View to a Kill I think is awesome going to like overcorrect in the other direction. Like, I just think that he like, and then I think, and then I get, he gets here and he's just like, I can tell that he doesn't take, the camp seriously And so there's like When he tries to add War camp Because somebody probably Criticized him about it Like the camp feels Disingenuous in this one As opposed that's to like The I'm camp saying. was just Natural in it's Moonraker like,
1: Right It's like Forced camp <laughs> like, Exactly that's one. Yeah. It feels so They're
0: forced like, Somebody said Bring back the fun Of Moonraker or, the, or they probably said The Spy Who Loved Me And he was watching The Spy Who Loved Me, and he Who Loved Me and He's like yeah I can do this And he writes a bunch Of camp jokes And he's like Now say this Roger Moore And it's like you know, It's like none of the it Has none of the subtlety Of the earlier movies That's like kind of there where like roger moore wasn't taking it seriously now roger moore is not not taking it seriously he just doesn't give a fuck which is the difference and i think i think we're going to start seeing him i i'll say this he never gives as little a fuck as sean connery how about that i will give roger moore absolute credit although by by like he looks fucking geriatric in a view to a kill like a view to a kill is the one where he's like running upstairs and he like literally looks like he's like fuck me yeah like he looks he just looks tired in a view to a kill like real bad
1: it's like the David Tennant line in Doctor Who. Doesn't she look tired? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, on the other hand, the action... Just Sorry, I'm just striking off my nose. On the other hand, do you find that the action scenes uh, are a little choppily edited? I don't know. Maybe this is just a thing in older movies, too, where, like, just to make the stunts work, but, like, there are, like, multiple times where I just feel like... I missed the connecting beat because like the edit kind of covered it up to where like that just wouldn't be practical to connect those two things. Like when he's in the balloon with Q, which I do like the big fucking UK balloon and then swings into the door like they just cut him swinging through the door. I mean, you can't like I don't know. It's like you can't do all of that as a stunt. And I, I, I appreciate that. And some of that's movie magic, but it, it feels choppy at times. Like with the or like the thing with the plane, that's still a better action sequence probably than anything. in never say never. I hear you there. But like also, uh, I miss when he gets inside the plane.
0: <laughs> I,
1: I- I that might be a nitpick you don't I'm, have to I'm not, that. No, I, I
0: like I don't think this is particularly bad I think this is actually like a fairly I think like for me like watching the difference between never say never and this is like highlighting the fact that this is a much more capable competent crew putting together a like a better a, like a movie with a better efficacy I'm not going to disagree with the notions that you're putting out here I think that I think that this era of bond is like I, th- I just think that John in is terms choppy. of
1: like me genuinely enjoying this over or less than never say never uh in terms of pure action as much as just...
0: I, I I don't
1: know enjoying the action itself
0: I, I don't know I'm trying to it's this movie is much harder to follow than for our, for your eyes only and this and uh, Octopus here are way, and View to a Kill are way fucking harder to follow than uh, The Spy Who Loved Me or The Man with the Golden Gun or Moonraker I, I do agree that there is a distinction in John Glenn's editing that I do not like or enjoy uh, I don't think that it's i don't think it's bad it's stylistic Mm, yeah uh and and i find i find a lot more to con i find personally i find a lot more to criticize in the actual text of what bond is doing do you know what i mean in terms of like the puns and the way that things are delivered and like the fact that he's pushing a car off the cliff and then it doesn't it just like it doesn't nothing's just like you know things are flying apart like things are just not it's not bad vibing but a lot of this stuff is just not it's not connecting. vibing anymore. Yeah, it's not okay. connecting, and I, and so I, I agree with that. The the disjointedness in this movie too there is a couple cuts when like the, when like double nine is running around by the trains and I'm just like having a hard time. Cause all three people are in the same fucking suit. And so you're trying to figure out who's who. And it's just like a very equal, it's just like a very problematic thing. I do find the scene. <laughs> I do. I do like, there are a couple cuts of this movie that I like, and there's actually like the fun cut where she slips off the balcony and then spins oh, down dude, around. I did. Which like is also, that.
1: I could not put, decide if I thought it was like dumb or really cool, but it's, it's one of the best like more impressive moments in the film by by any means where i'm like oh okay yeah, yeah that was a cool idea and they executed it really well uh, yeah I don't know. yeah
0: yeah i i I, <laughs> I i i like that i also think that like her little octopus tattoo is kind of funny you know what i mean i i don't know a mod adams is great too you know i, I do think that's uh, yeah i do think it's pretty good uh She's good. Who's the lady yeah. that swings off the balcony? Because it's not Maud that does that. She's No, blonde.
1: that's the first Bond girl that uh is in her troop. What is her name? Magda? Yeah, Magda. Magda.
0: Yeah, yeah, by played by Christina Wayborn. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, Maud Adams is not doing that shit, but I do think it was uh Yeah. I do think it's just like smooth. I th- I think there's <sighs> I'm sorry, mate. I love, I love him. Just like her, her, like you know, the guy helping her into the car, and the guy is just like staring off, and he's just on the balcony, like, oh yes, wow. Like yeah. I do think there, I do think there are like some quintessential Roger Moore moments. And I'm sorry, the editing and the setup and that fucking chase through India is top tier chase sequences in bond like that's my that probably my thing I, I just think it's good i think it's dumb but i also think it's like a risk and stuff and the money and it's just like it is it is like it is one of the campiest champ sequences but it also like works and i think and i think this the shtick sh- the humor is fine here i think that's the thing and not the ending of this sequence when it all comes to a, s- a halt and he has like has to throw somebody on like a nail table and it's just like you know exoticism I do I sleep on every night that's made of nails yeah, yeah but like with like VJ just like smiling away and whacking people with Christmas with like a racket and then like yeah. him just like having this gun and him having like this five star dagger thing Like it's all exoticism I'm not oh, gonna the defend saw it thing yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah 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 it's all it's all ridiculous oh my god the fucking like yo-yo that kills VJ it what is the yo-yo. fuck yeah, it's what it he is. just has like it's a exactly fucking yo-yo is. yeah it's just like it's so it's such a lame way I, that, that death pisses me off actually i liked vj
1: yeah
0: it was just it was just it was just nice to see like i was like like a like a like a bond sidekick that's just like really happy to be here it's like oh yeah it's great mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm in a movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is exactly what it is Sorry, yeah, if I'm you trying sure to have
1: it. an acting career i i don't know I, I i didn't do that research but i just i know that he got into it because he was tennis player that the directors.
0: So. Oh yeah, 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 and it's that's that's how shit like that works. It's a, yeah, I'm looking it up. I'm sorry, I have to look it up. Oh no, yeah, we we have to now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, man, he's way down the list. Uh, yeah, uh, VJ. <laughs> It's His actual name, uh, Vijay Am- uh, Amitraj. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. it's also Amit-
1: his actual first name, <laughs> Amitraj.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's a tennis player and he had uh, he had an, a filmography. He was Octopussy, Nine Deaths of the Ninja, Star Trek The Voyage Home. Uh, oh, wow. as starship captain Joel Randolph. Oh, okay, uh, that's that's and of legit. Gods and Kings, uh, Duke Bora Swain. Uh, I don't, I'm not familiar with that. That's 2015. So he is got four movie, (laughs) four movie credits. That's it. (laughs) Uh, okay. And he's got a pretty good tennis career too. Uh, yeah, he's got a successful tennis career. So that sounds like a nice life.
1: (laughs) Let's do commit myself to my, uh, my, my art and my pursuit, my passion, which is tennis. And every once in a while I'll be in a big budget Hollywood movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why not?
0: I'm looking up Joel Randolph. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, Joel Randolph is a 23rd century human Starfleet officer. He's commander of the Starship USS Yorktown uh, reported to Starfleet that a ship lost power followed by an encounter with a whale probe. He further. So he's the guy in a fucking the whale one that gets his ship destroyed at the beginning of the movie by the whale probe.
1: Oh, dude. It's been
0: so long since I've seen that movie. (laughs) No, that his ship lost power, followed by those. He further reported that his chief engineer had been attempting to deploy a makeshift solar polar, with which to focus On radiation from a nearby sun. They were orbiting. Okay, so yeah, he just gets disabled, I think. So he just get destroyed. So Star Trek treated him better than Bond. Shocker. Mm. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm ready to do scores. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty. Uh, yeah, I'm
1: pretty much done with this one.
0: For yeah, sure. uh, yeah, I don't really have much more to say about it, to be honest. Uh, Octopus is a terrible name, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, where are you sitting at, bud?
1: Uh, three point five for this one. This is this is the worst to me. <laughs> um, you know, for whatever reason, I didn't enjoy the action sequences as much. The plot is confusing. It's as confusing, if not more, than the last. More for your eyes only, and the like set pieces aren't as I don't know impressive to me. Um, even if they're maybe more fun. I mean, they got red people in like red jumpsuits and
0: shit. <laughs> so like it, yeah. it is there. The circus, that. the circus knife guys, dude. I. <sighs> I just there's a train sequence
1: and I don't care. <laughs> like, what does that mean?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm I'm probably sitting around a four. So I, I I regret I already regret Never Say Never Again giving it a five. I regret that uh, a lot uh i'm gonna talk about this like there are a couple of things i hate about this movie uh the primary one is when i was a kid i got very scared when 009 died because like when i was a kid it was just like watching a sequence where they just like ran somebody down there's a certain amount of like realness to that and like a real situation is like bond always makes a miraculous escape but in real life if there's like two guys with knives just trying to chase you down like they're probably gonna fucking kill you and there was just like as a kid i just remember like having like this moment of like Concern about i think it was like six and i was like i had this serious concern about like death at that time it's like these two human beings just like ran down and butchered another human being and i was just like i I don't know as a kid like i I know this is like a very unserious movie but like as a kid i was like a very serious kid and i was like i was like fuck like it was just like human beings can do so much terrible shit to each other so i had this weird association with this film And and i think the other thing that fucked me up is that I hate fucking clowns mate like I just I just I was gonna say
1: it. does it make that better or worse that bond then puts on like the
0: exact same clown outfit by the end of the film it's so <laughs> stressful to me and I think I do think that that is a successful thing that's bad about this movie is that it's it's just like it's not only like they chase him down but it's also just like the disrespect of dressing somebody up on a clown and then killing him it's almost it's almost like a ritualistic like sacrifice killing in my book and then like just dressing Geron- like bond up in the same way at the end of the movie and him having the thing like, I don't think it a fixes the problem because I do think it was like he could have just easily died and they like made that point in this movie and that's the whole point I do think it's successful at stressing the audience out right like but it's also hard to take it serious it, now it's hard to take it seriously because he's fucking a clown uh, but back then when I was a kid and I like hated clowns as well and it's like for me it's like a total death omen I'm just sitting here like that's fucking dark man uh, it's just one of those things where it's like things can work for you as kids and like they can it can mess with you and I do think that this movie like totally messed with me uh a I fucking hate clowns and b uh yeah I I just think like I do think it's always an effective thing where we see like here's another double o he ate shit you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and you gotta wonder because Bond doesn't look like himself anymore obviously <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's just it's it's weird how effective it is that like kind of dragging him down to a mortal level and doing all the camp at the same time.
0: <laughs> That's the issue. I And I think that, I think the issue here is that this is a continuation of the overcorrection script wise that they then added all this camp on top of to just try to balance it out. And so you end up with this like flip flop movie that is both very over serious and weirdly juxtaposed camp at the same time. And so somehow we are starting to get towards like even less. Even like, the
1: villain's performance kind of fits that description. General, I think, I think he's is over, just I, swinging for the fences and just yeah. missing really hard.
0: Yeah, and then who's the other guy? He's just he's like playing it like pretty subtle, right? Like he's just sort of like this ominous figure. Yeah, the one following him around the
1: uh, the the K G the other K G B guy.
0: You mean Oh no who are we, who are or, we talking about? Are we talking oh, about Oh no the uh, other guy. Yeah, yeah, the other yeah.
1: guy. I forget his name. The yeah, one yeah, in yeah, league yeah. with yeah. Octopussy that yeah, she ends up trying to kill him. That yeah.
0: Well that's that's her, the, yeah. The, yeah, the other one's swinging for the fences and one's just doing like a kind of a subtle performance. Pretty straight pretty yeah,
1: just fine, just just good, just straight forward Bond villainy. Yeah.
0: Pretty much. Yeah. And I was, I I don't know. Nothing's more terrifying than those knife throwing brothers. Right. Like they're just like hunting down and butchering men. I don't know. They, they freak me out. (laughs) I really don't. I'm really not comfortable around circuses. I'm just, I'm just saying this. I, I feel like they're inherently creepy things, right? Like it's like, oh, yeah. there's like animals in the background, like just like crying in pain and stuff. I, think, I went to The Greatest Showman. I was like, dude, this is fucked. You know? like Oh, was, yeah. I mean, I, like, our generation
1: <laughs> is pretty much over circuses. I know you and Ben talked about that when you reviewed Dumbo a lot. If this was if this movie was one of your first like experiences with circuses, I just I would never want to go near one again dude, like I, it is my, so my parents took me to the
0: ringley brothers like three or four times and i just remember always it being like like a really really weird experience and not kind of externalizing that to anybody but just being like after the fact of just being like this is weird right like those elephants are like got like scars on their side and shit and like that dude is like put in a cage of the lion and they, 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 they like drop the net so like they do like no net Acrobatics and they had to stop doing that because this is like back in the day. But I was like, why are they risking their lives for our entertainment? Like that was, <laughs> I was like I, sorry, I had like I was I had like I had like like every once in a while, if you got me sat down and you like there was like a really con- serious serious consideration about death, I was like I got really prescient about things, and I was just like. I don't understand. Like, (laughs) mom, why are they doing that? And why are they doing this thing with the bikes where they like drive around on the platform and drive bikes up and down? That's the thing too. Wrigley Brothers is also like weird in that like it was just trying to stay relevant in the nineties. And like they Mm. had dudes dressed up like Neo from the fucking Matrix Uh. driving motorbikes in circle in like the cage. You were this, they had the cage, they set the cage on fire and then the guys were inside the with on motorbikes driving like, you know, motorbikes around inside the cage. And I just, I just remember thinking like, what am I watching? because <laughs> like, I was like, and there's like people like the like trapezes over the top of it. And I was just sort of sitting here, like, I don't, I don't understand what I am watching. Like, it's like, I don't know, television. I, I was probably the first generation that f- got fucked for circuses because we were just like watching too much television. And now the only value they have is to like be a horror setting. <laughs> it's like a rundown circus. That's the only value they have anymore as like in modern media. I do think like I'm going to put you guys in a circus in D D at some point, and it's going to be like deeply, 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 deeply horrifying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say if, if there's like, there's a couple of things you need to know to run away in my camp. If there's like a circus in my campaign, you need to run the fuck away. <laughs> like that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and, and not to another circus yeah or 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 a sketchy institute run by like a somebody who has a german sounding name mm. sorry and that's my arms yep yep looks like dr octopus this is ppp references yeah i give it a i give it a four which is going to even us out to i think a three point f- uh, like a th- uh, uh, uh depends a f- how you want a round there are only two of us so yeah sorry i, this I went for of... the
1: point five on you but uh no, oh, no, no, no. It's fine. It's I don't like want to really, rate you know. this even as good or as high as Doctor No, which is a four in my book, which I should just not even bring up anymore. But that's like I'm looking at all of them every time I do this. So, three point five plus four
0: equals seven point five divided by two equals three point seven five exactly. uh Yeah, that's a hard. I'm gonna probably I'll round that it up, up to. A f- I'll round that up because that's been our. I I, I don't I i typically don't round down ever uh so sorry if that feels bad though it feels bad i hate to round up when it's like two scores you know what i mean it's like i'll round up to my score no i don't <laughs> care I don't. it's I,
1: I see it as like three out of four if
0: it's we're we're, five, we're so. all below a five don't you, this is this is this is hardcore can't get the cast on here to review Octopusy territory you know what i mean it's it's just there uh yeah for the movie Game podcast this has been trevor flynn goodbye I've been your host, Jack Newman. Thanks for listening to our review of Octopussy. If you want to help the Tuscan Shed Media Network, go to TuscanShed.com, where you can check out all of our other podcasts, including the Movie Gang Podcast, the Pen and Paper Pod, Animania. Check them all out and go over there. Send us some iTunes reviews while you're over there. Head on over to our Facebook links and Twitter. Give us some uh, shout-outs, comments. We're doing a lot of Twitter up things. We're going to do some Twitter giveaways, some other Twitter things, get some things going. Yeah, check it out. We're going to keep going on Bond, but we're going to go have and do some Netflix movies coming up here soon. I think we're going to go ahead and do the horror that is Borat. I don't understand why you guys make me do this. <laughs> like, I just, I just want to. Like, for I'm the record, not, I don't want to make anyone. You put and their Ben are like making me watch Borat. And I'm just I sorta, didn't like,
1: say anything. All I did was put a thumbs up on a gift. How did I even indicate my interest? I won't disown it. I am like morbidly. I was curious. about to say, don't
0: disown it. You like told me you wanted to do it. So did, did I tell you at another? Yeah. Part? yeah. Okay. No. I, I thought I could get backup from you not to do it, which why like I feel betrayed. I was like, Trevor's not gonna want to watch Borat and then you're like, oh, I would watch Borat and I'm like, What the fuck? <laughs> Sorry. I was like, What happened to your honor, sir? I don't My know. Eyebrows aren't honor comes so high it. that I won't wade into the mud every once in a while. That's fine. It's fine. I, I don't know why Borat is like the line for me. <laughs> I I can see why Borat's the line for you. But I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 I did in a, go
1: to the theater to see the original Borat. I just like rode that fucking cultural moment. And I I don't know. It was of a moment. It
0: reminds me of a time. I, I
1: don't know. Can, I, can I tell
0: you something that what? no one knows? I've never seen the original Borat. Don't... There's, I don't know. It's, it's just so... God, you have to realize, I work in a work environment that, like, unironically is going to make, like, the my wife jokes. So, like, it's mm. uh, I like, uh, it's, like, one of those things where I was like, ha, ha, ha.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's correct response to that i don't know i think my wife got like was terrible and then it got funny again and then terrible again and
0: then i think funny it's gone in, it's again. gone in waves it's yeah. gone in waves and then like it gets a laugh on like bob's burgers when he's like here's your terrible office job and it's like somebody's making a my wife joke and then he tells him to make the same joke again that's funny in the context of that joke that's funny it can be mm. used but it's but it is a cultural fucking touchstone for, as a bad fucking joke that becomes a shitty office joke mm-hmm. like that was the thing that was, i loved it when i saw that i was like yep i totally had somebody made that joke to me in an office setting and it sucked because it's not funny it's not a junk it doesn't have a punchline. it doesn't have structure to it <laughs> like what are you doing why are we why are we giving you money for fucking repeating a fucking borat joke it's like somebody like coming up and telling me the plot of a movie i'm like stack of i just watched it you know, I, was just like, I don't understand this is not analysis just pirating back what fucking right. happens Tune in the movie Tune for
1: Jack's like mental <laughs> like breakdown <laughs> next week as we make you watch Borat I, I guess I'll you've made me watch shit I'll make I'll own oh motherfucker what
0: are you talking about I made you watch like a load of harem shit I love it it's like every, every time I get you onto a harem show and I can tell you you want to be nice to me but like at the same time you're like why the fuck did this I just, happen I don't
1: I, have the passion for Borat that you have for anime so it's not <laughs> a comparison i actually want
0: to draw all right get we'll watch the get climbing out. show get we'll out get out it. all right all right all right Let me animated, sorry for the movie gang podcast it's been trevor and jack thank you for listening as always from everyone here at and at the movie gang podcast and by ascension the tuscan shed media network thanks for listening seriously thanks